The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We are also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rod Villagomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Find me on Instagram now at Hot Rod on Sports. I promise you won't like it, but that's okay because it's I'm still trying Instagram for the sports betting. Uh, so thankful for you guys, and so thankful for you guys tuning in for uh, the first couple episodes of the show. I, it's gone over really well, and I'm uh, appreciative of everybody that supported it so far. And I'm very appreciative today to have two amazing gentlemen on again to join the show. Uh, I am being joined by none other than. Malcolm, why am I blanking all of a sudden on the last McMillan? I know it's McMillan. It's hey, the man. two M things, man. That's what it is. Malcolm McMillan, he is the host of the show with no name on the lateral fantasy football. Malcolm, thank you for joining. Hey, man. So I'm actually going to, I am the host of the laterals weekly variety hour ish. Uh, my buddy Herms, who I started the lateral with, he is the host of the illustrious show with no name. But you should definitely check them both out. They are both awesome. And it's okay. We get confused about them too. So no worries there. <laughs> and you can find me at McLateralFF on Twitter in case you ever want to see my takes on anything ranging from uh, pizza to football. You know, they don't teach you how to host shows. They just teach you how to talk football. And I think that's where I went wrong. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Malcolm, again, for agreeing to be the host. And uh, Terrell Furman is joining us. He's actually uh, the new kid on the block on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's going to be contributing all season long uh, for football, right, Terrell? Yes, sir. Football, college football. Uh, when basketball come back around, I'm there, too. I'm just a Swiss Army Knife, guys. I love it. I love it. And not only is he a Swiss Army knife, but he is a United States Air Force uh, currently serving and will be a veteran soon. So you know how I love me some service members because I am one. So Terrell's going to serve as our fact checker today, and he's going to tell us exactly where we were. Uh, why don't you go ahead and make a note, Terrell, of the first thing I got wrong, and that was actually introducing our guest. So I want that at the end as well. So, all right, gentlemen, here is how this show is going to work. This is a Pardon the interruption style show in which we will have 10 topics today. We're going to be talking about who would you rather draft? This is going to be a redraft show. I know it's never too early to think redraft, but uh, we're going to take a look at a couple of players per position and uh, figure out where which one you would rather draft in a redraft situation. Uh, their ADPs are pretty close. Their styles are pretty close. And I, I'm sure Malcolm will agree that these guys uh, do have some uh, decisions to be made if you're going to be drafting redraft pretty soon. So three minutes on the clock for each of the situations. When you hear this sound, your anxiety will go up but it also means we have 30 seconds to go for the topic and when you hear this 
That is time to wrap up the final thought, and then we will move on to the next topic. Gentlemen, are we ready? Yeah, just want to clarify. We each get three minutes, or is it going to be three minutes per uh, debate? It'll be three minutes total. So that means gotcha. the pressure is even more on, right? No worries. Just wanted to check. Yes. I'm ready. Let's no, do it. No, no, no. Again, see, not explaining the rules well enough. <laughs> nah, I've just always been told to ask more questions than is necessary. You are... You are killing it. No worries there. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So here we go. We're going to look at the first set of players. We're going to start with the quarterback position because why not? Uh, I think it's a good place to start as any. So, all right, Malcolm, we're going to put three minutes on the clock. We are going to discuss the merits of Jalen Hurts versus Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say about these two guys because, again, their ADPs are pretty close. And, I mean, somebody's going to have to make a decision between the two of them. Yeah, so I was taking a look. I did a little bit of research before hopping on here. Only a little, though, so don't expect me to like recite some pro football reference lines or anything. But the thing that really struck me here is Ryan Tannehill's going around pick 804, which is too high, objectively. I mean, this is a guy that just lost an offensive weapon, lost his offensive coordinator, and is on a kind of conservative team to begin with. I mean, plenty of that offense flows through Derrick Henry. You get Ryan Tannehill because he doesn't make a ton of mistakes because he can be very efficient with his passing work. He's a heavy touchdown guy through the air. And to me, if he's at 804 and Jalen Hurts is at 707, I'm already using a higher capital pick to get one of these guys. So I'm going to take the guy with upside in Jalen Hurts, who I think was like a top eight QB most of the games he started last year. I think... There was that final game against Washington that was such an embarrassment. They fired the coach over it, but that's about it. Yeah, but see, I'm on the Tannehill side anyways, because for me, I, I know that Jalen Hurts, I, I get it. I get that the uh, glossy new guy is the one that everybody's after. But look, Ryan Tannehill, and when you talk about redraft, you're not talking about you know the future value of a core. You want Mr. Right now. You don't want Mr. Right. You just you need Mr. Right now. And to me, Ryan Tannehill is always Mr. Right when you need him to be Mr. Right. I, I've had him in leagues before, and he doesn't necessarily lose you too many weeks. He's not the guy that costs you the week because he didn't score a bunch of points and for me i still don't see out of jalen hurts what could be that week winning every you know week in and week out performance kind of guy he's the kind of guy that i'm looking at matchups against uh because for me you know when you when you're looking at at a guy when you just want to do matchups he's a good qb2 if you're in a, a qb2 system but i still don't see him as a, as a number one guy and you know Tannehill, 11 and 5 last season he had 65 and a half completion percentage threw for 3,800 19 yards 33 touchdowns seven interceptions only so i mean you're you're dealing with a guy that you is a known quantity even with jalen hurts i still don't see a reliable quarterback and if you're going to talk to me about 2021 give me ryan Tannehill over jalen hurts yeah i guess for me like the points matter and the reason ryan Tannehill wins you leagues is because you got him in like round 11 or later <laughs> And because, or you picked him off of waivers, like you could get Tannehill off of waivers. I literally won a league two years ago because you picked Tannehill off of waivers. If you're spending pick 804 on him, I don't think you're going to get a great return on investment. Whereas Jalen Hurts at like middle of the seventh round, there is a chance you're getting a QB one, not a like top 12, potentially literally the QB one out of that guy. And so for me, I got to take that upside if I'm spending this kind of capital on a quarterback like if ryan Tannehill was in like round 10 and hertz was in round seven i think it'd be no contest i'd take Tannehill in round 10 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm still not sold on Hertz. I just, until I see it, until he actually, you know, maybe maybe I can make a trade for him later on, but I don't know. I'll leave that heartache to somebody else. Uh, somebody else may d- uh, actually get this guy's heartache too, and uh, we're going to dive into the situation of Aaron Rodgers pitting him against Dak Prescott, which... I mean, maybe a no-brainer to most, but coming up on next season, we don't know what the situation is going to be for Aaron Rodgers, and we certainly don't know uh, what kind of a comeback Dak Prescott has in him. Uh, Of course, he doesn't have Andy Dalton breathing down his shoulders anymore. Uh, But, I mean, what do you think, Malcolm, as far as Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, who are you drafting right now? Uh, Okay, so these guys are both fifth-round picks, and for me, that makes it super easy. It's easily Dak Prescott. I believe that Dallas did the research when they gave him that contract. If they thought it was going to be really tough to come back from that knee or no, sorry, he was high ankle. He was high ankle, like literally fractured. So if they thought it was going to be a problem for him to come back, they wouldn't have given him a ton of money. Like, I think it's that simple. If they're both in the fifth round, Dak's the only one with real rushing upside of any consequence. Like, yes, Aaron Rodgers is a surprisingly mobile quarterback, but he's not adding a ton of points through his legs when it comes to fantasy. Dak was the QB one through five weeks last year. And it wasn't even close. I mean, we're talking like just short of like CMC basically needing one week to stay a top 12 running back. Like it was insane what he was doing. That offense is high powered. That defense, while hopefully rebuilding, as we saw through the draft, still going to take some time to rebuild. And they still have Mike McCarthy as the head coach to submarine the whole thing. Like I like I like Dak Prescott a lot here for me. That's an easy pick. All right. Is there a landing spot in which Aaron Rodgers moves up in your opinion? Because again, if he doesn't come to Green Bay next season, is there a place you think that he'll move that will instantly make him better option fantasy wise? In general, possibly over Dak. No, Dak Prescott will, unless it comes out by the time my final pre week one rankings are out. That that ankle is just not rehabbing properly, and he's going to miss serious time. If he's expected to start week one, he will be my QB one for twenty twenty one, no question. I, I, to me, I, I know that Aaron Rodgers is a frustrating guy to own. Uh, I've had him a couple uh, of seasons, and I just you know what Aaron Rodgers stands for. You know what he is, but you also know that there are weeks where, uh, especially with Aaron Jones really taking off last season, you lost a lot of that production to Aaron Jones because all he had to do was just turn around and hand the ball off. So I think in Denver, if this if the the grumblings that I hear about Denver are are founded at all. Um, I think that might be a landing spot that maybe Aaron Rodgers will have to throw more uh, only because again, with, with way Denver's running game is, it's not really the greatest. It's not bad, but it's not the greatest. Um, they just I think upgraded it though. They did. They did. But I still don't think that that's enough for Aaron Rodgers to be able to not have to throw there. So I don't know. Uh, give me Aaron Rodgers uh, If he goes to Denver, I think, not entirely convinced of my own just had one of his best fantasy seasons in years at green bay even with aaron jones showing out he did he finished quarterback three so i mean you know it's tough to do better than that it really is so and you're right i mean with dak prescott going uh where he did i just feel like you know I don't know. Again, that's just one of those decisions you'll have to make on on draft day. I don't think we cleared it up for you at all. Uh, now let's take a look at two Miami quarterbacks. Uh, not you know both the Dolphins, but they both quarterback in Miami now. 
And that is the hot rookie from last season, Tua Tagovailoa, and of course the newest addition to the uh, Florida. Uh, I said Miami. Oh, let's see. There you go. That's from the, <laughs> uh, basically anyways, the same place. Basically the same place. Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars. Uh, we all know this. It was hi- heavily hyped. But now between the two, Malcolm, who are we drafting out of those guys? So this one was pretty easy, again, based on ADP. I think when we're having this conversation, ADP is huge. This will change as ADP start to rise and fall. Like I expect Dak to get higher and Rodgers to maybe get lower as the season goes on. So maybe Rodgers will be more. This is another one where it's just like the ADP is just such a buy. Trevor Lawrence is going lower than Tua. Trevor Lawrence should be better than Tua next year. He Tua did not look fully recovered from his previous injury. He looked a little slow there. I think it's a somewhat conservative offense. They did add a wide receiver weapon, which will be nice, but so did Jacksonville. And Jacksonville has like four viable wide receivers that Trevor Lawrence can spread the ball to. He can get it to ETN. Like I think, I think that's going to be a very high powered offense in Jacksonville. It might be one of the highest powered ones. And so give me Trevor Lawrence behind Tua in ADP all day. There's a lot of people that are going to be reaching for Trevor. I I have a feeling that especially in some of these uh, redraft leagues where everybody's just so sold on the hype, Trevor may be a little too expensive for me. I don't know. I I know that there's folks that if you play in casual leagues, a lot of these big names like that will go off the board way sooner than they're supposed to be. Now, experts leagues are one thing and analyst leagues are another because we all wait. And we wait and we wait and we wait on quarterback uh, until basically you're drafting a guy like Tua as your QB one because you may have waited too long. Uh, but I think in in most redraft leagues where you're playing with your friends and you're playing with the but name recognition goes a long way. And everybody just heard Trevor Lawrence's name for the last I don't know four or five months. I have a feeling that he may be priced out of anywhere where I'm comfortable. So if I'm picking between the two. Um, for me, in most of the leagues that I play in, I have a feeling that uh, Trevor Lawrence will get snatched up entirely too soon. So I'm taking Tua uh, if I have to draft one of those two. If the decision comes down to me where I'm like, well, you know, it, it, do I pull the trigger on Trevor now or or go with Tua? Um, I think Tua is just going to fall to me. So I'm going to have to end up drafting him uh, in those situations. And it's not like it's a bad thing, I guess, as a, as a backup quarterback. I don't want him as my QB1, that's for sure. Yeah. So again, I would say by the time that leagues start drafting, I 100% agree. I will likely be looking at Tua rather than Trevor. But as of right now, Trevor's ADP is low. You can get him later than Tua. So for me, it's an easy win. Absolutely. All right. Here's somebody you want to talk about front of mind, uh, maybe completely out of the front of mind, except to those who live and swim and breathe in this world. Um, And you may be able to steal them on draft day because people, unless they have their draft sheets in front of them, may not remember that this guy exists versus the man who everybody knows exists. And we're talking about Saquon Barkley versus Derrick Henry uh, between these two powerhouses. Again, Saquon missing last season. And so, you know, so many people may have forgotten that he exists, but Malcolm, I know you don't forget. And I know I don't forget, but where does that leave us between the two? Uh, One of them blew out their knee last year. The other didn't. They're essentially the same price. Derrick Henry gets used plenty. He might even get used more as like who knows what this offense is going to look like next year. They got rid of Corey Davis. Like, am I worried about Josh Reynolds taking touches away from Derrick Henry? Not particularly. So if I'm spending the same price to get him, 
I'm going to go with the guy that to me is more of a sure thing. Could Saquon end up coming out and being the RB1 next year? Absolutely. Could he re-aggravate something in his knee and go down for a second year in a row? Sure. Will Derrick Henry do that? Well, he didn't have the knee injury the year before, so it's very unlikely he'll re-aggravate a non-existent injury. And so for this year, at least, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry again at that same spot. You know, a year from now, where Derrick Henry is maybe hitting the tail end of his career as he gets into almost the age 30 range, That'll change, but this is a redraft. This is 2021. It's Derrick Henry, no contest for me. I mean, we're talking about guys that are both going to be first rounders. I mean, even even yeah. if Saquon top Barkley five. gets for, exactly top five for sure, uh, Derrick may even go. And look, if it were up to me, I probably would put Derrick number one because again, you're looking for guys, especially in redraft, that are going to just give you solid performances every single week. And it you'd be hard or you're hard pressed to find anybody that can do that better than Derrick Henry can. Uh, you know, two thousand yards last season, seventeen touchdowns. I mean, the numbers are like I played Madden on easy for uh, a season. You know, that, that's basically what you're looking at when you get Derrick Henry. So for me, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I know my producer, I know Adam loves it when I disagree with the uh, guest, but I can't disagree with you on this one. It's got to be Derrick Henry. And I love Saquon. I do. I love the potential of him, but I just, Derrick Henry is is that guy, man. He's he's won me so many leagues sometimes, most times that I can't get away from him. Yeah, in a pure redraft league, I think I'd rather just, I would rather be wrong on Saquon than go for him and then have it turn out that my logic was right and I shouldn't have done it. Well, and you figure you you only have to maybe play him a couple of times a season anyways if you are wrong, so it's not like he's going to kill you. Unless, of course, he's the guy that winds up in everybody's championship rosters because he comes in out and has a Derrick Henry-type season, and then you're playing against him in the finals, and then you realize, whoops, I probably should have gone Saquon, but... Um, Again, I'll probably be okay with that. I'd sleep well. That's just one league that I'd lose. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think Derrick Henry's fallen off his cliff this year. So I would agree. Oh, I certainly hope not. That man is a beast. All right. Uh, we are going to stay in the running back situation, and we're going to look at a couple of guys that um, their situations may have changed since the draft as well. Uh, but we'll see exactly how this all pans out. And I am talking about James Robinson out there who will be taking handoffs from Trevor Lawrence. And, oh, may he, may, he may not. I don't know. And Miles Sanders out there who uh, his situation has changed as well. So, Malcolm, these guys sort of similar on paper, maybe not going into 2021. So who are we thinking about drafting between those two next season? So as of right now, as of their current ADP, it's a clear win for Miles Sanders because he's going basically a full round later than James Robinson. But I think post-draft, we're going to see that update a lot. I think actually, I think both of these guys are kind of going to fall. Um, I'm still probably going to take Miles Sanders either way, but just because he is more likely to be the lead running back on his team. I'm not scared by Gainwell. I'm not scared by carry on. I'm not scared by Boston Scott. The only thing about Miles Sanders that scares me is Miles Sanders, which is its own concern, but between the him and James Robinson, whereas James Robinson, like, I think your best case scenario there is he's splitting touches with ETN. Like there's no way that like Gainwell could end up being on like, a couple plays a drive and it wouldn't shock me. Like if ETN isn't getting at least 30% of the workload in that backfield, I will be stunned. And so for me, I'm going to go with Miles Sanders pretty much regardless of ADP to a certain degree, but especially going around later than James Robinson, it's no contest. Yeah. I can't even see that the fact that 
with Miles Sanders, though, what makes me uncomfortable, like you said, is that it's Miles Sanders. And he played 12 games last season. He did well in those 12 games, but I, I don't know. I always feel like he's one of those guys where you, you draft him, you want big things from him, and you get some, and then you don't some. You know, it, it's almost one of those situations where you're all excited, you get this great thing, and, and then... Seconds before the, the show's supposed to start, the internet goes out and you just are left wanting uh, and, and necessary, you just sitting there thinking to yourself, what happened? I, I had this great thing and, and now it's gone. So I don't know. Uh, I, I will take James Robinson in this situation. Uh, again, regardless, like you said, of, of draft situation of, of his where it's going. I just want James Robinson, at least for a while, or running back two. Maybe to stash as, as somebody who, um, when they figure out that uh, ETN is not the answer and they keep going back to Robinson, um, I have him as a almost... Oh. oh, That's what I'm supposed to hit. I got all excited about Robinson. Uh, <laughs> at least as somebody who can come off and win you some, some weeks and maybe be a league winner toward the end of the year. Yeah, no, I totally get that again for me. I think Miles Sanders is more likely to give you consistent value, especially if you're drafting now, knowing only what we know now, like Miles Sanders is a clear choice for me. I think the real answer is actually to take Clyde Edwards Lair after both of their ADPs at the moment and get someone who's guaranteed to be the RB one on his team and actually look surprisingly good last year. But if I'm picking between Robinson and Sanders, give me Sanders. Ooh, CEH. Don't say that name to me. It makes me so sad. I got him. I got him in one of my leagues and just completely regretted the decision all season. Would you pay for him though? That's the question here. I don't even want to, I don't want to, I don't want to admit it. I don't want to admit it. I got him in a dynasty league. And for me, I'm like, I'm fine. I retooled and like, I'm still going to be rolling with him. Like I'm hopeful in my keeper league, which is redraft, obviously, aside from the two guys we keep that like the one guy who has him is going to be so discouraged to throw him back in the pool. I'm like, sign me up. Now I can like grab him as a running back right out the gate. It'll be great. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, while I lament over CEH, let's pay some bills, shall we? As always, today's show is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. You can get in on all your favorite teams, all your favorite players, and all your favorite sports games. They are always giving away generous promos, odds, parlays. It's all happening right now at WinBet. Look, get started today, right today. Go go to the computer. I'll wait. No, I won't. If you get started today, we're going to give you a special offer of up to $500 in risk-free sports betting. $500 risk-free. I can't even offer you anything else that's risk-free for $500, but this is. So get there now. Terms and conditions always apply. Get the details right now at winbet.com. Download the app today and start risk-free betting. I know nobody wants to admit it. I know everybody wants to think that their picks are all the correct picks, that every single person they draft is the right person to draft. But look, nobody has the perfect draft ever, right? It happens to everybody. We get something wrong. We get a player wrong. We draft the wrong guy in the wrong situation. It happens. That's all right. Nobody's perfect. So look, if you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's okay to not be perfect there either. 
But if it bothers you, look, that's okay because we have options. If you go to GetRoman.com slash SGP right now, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and most importantly, discreet. Get starting. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP. Complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with doctors to take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now for $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now. Save $15 on your first month of treatment. There are new and exciting ways to play fantasy football popping up all the time. And one of the most exciting ones right now is underdog fantasy. And if you have not been on underdog fantasy right now, you got to check it out. You got to check out their best ball tournaments. There's some of the best out there right now, including their best ball mania two tournament where you can win, get this a million dollars. You didn't hear that wrong. A million dollars. Now, unless you invested in Dogecoin, then you know that a million dollars is not easily handed out. Plus, anyways, you can play a number of games involving parlays, player props, MLB, NBA, NFL when it comes up, and more. Uh, They also have a special NBA playoff best ball tournament coming up as well. So go to underdogfantasy.com right now. Use the promo code SGP. Don't forget to enter their best ball mania 2 tournament for your chance to win. What did I say? A million dollars. That's right. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGP. All right, we're back. All the bills are paid. My bosses are happy. Everybody gets to get what? Money. Love it. All right, <laughs> we're back to the show. Again, my uh, host, or my host, my, I'm the host, Rod Gomez. I'm joined by uh, my esteemed guest, Malcolm McMillan, and of course, the fact checker of the day, Terrell Furman. We have to move on, folks, to the wide receiver position uh, because that is where we're heading next. And we've got two guys that are, I guess, I don't know, on opposite sides of the spectrum. We've got the Grizzly vet, the young rookie, um, and two guys, I think that ADPs are closer than they need to be. In fact, uh, they're one a P or one apart rather. Uh, we got one at ADP 10, one at 11, Justin Jefferson, Alan Robinson. I mean the two, I, I don't know. I feel they're a lot comparable than people think, but Malcolm, what do you think? Okay, so I thought Justin was going slightly higher than this, but I'm still going to go with Allen Robinson, and the reason is I'm more sure of what I'm going to get. So Allen Robinson has basically been, I think, a top 12 wide receiver the past couple years in a row. I think he was top 10 last year. might have been wide receiver eight even in PPR. And so for me, I have a track record with him. I don't have to worry about like with Justin Jefferson. It's like, oh, was last year a little fluky? Like if that team starts to suck, like what if Kirk Cousins just like falls off and Kellen Mond's not ready to take over? Like what's going to happen? Like we know Allen Robinson already does well with bad quarterbacks. Like his worst, his worst case used to be Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles. Now it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. There's a huge upgrade and he was already putting out like wide receiver eight numbers. Give me Allen Robinson, especially since the cost is comparable, like all day. So I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking with Allen Robinson, maybe a better quarterback means more people will get the ball around him. Uh, he does have a little more uh, of uh, actual people around him that that could take that 
workload away from him. Uh, whereas Justin Jefferson, I mean, he had an outstanding season last season, obviously with 1,400 yards, uh, you know, seven touchdowns. And to me, if, if he's the main show in town and he's coming off of a season like that, uh, he very well could stay that way. But with Allen Robinson, you know, he I think he was the main outlet. He was the guy that everybody knew was going to get the ball, and he's the guy that, that demanded the ball. And I think if, if now with Mooney emerging um, and a better quarterback to get the ball to different uh, targets, you may see a little bit of a dip in Robinson's performance. And I think Jefferson may not have that big of a dip. In fact, his may go, I don't want to say too far up because it's a lot to go from 1400 yards, but I think he enjoys, you know, a similar season to what he's got going on now. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think for, for Justin Jefferson, I hope he can be a top 12 wide receiver again. I think there's a good chance he can be a top 12 wide receiver again, but I'm not as positive as I am about the fact that I like, I will swear to you, Al Robinson is going to be a top 12 wide receiver in 2021. Like put it on the board, whatever you want to do with it. Like Al Robinson will be top 12 in 2021. He is someone I would definitely target, especially since people are naturally like a little down on him anyway. Jefferson, I think you'll end up having to get it a little bit of a premium. I know like in a keeper league I'm in, I'm going to keep him because I can. But, like, it's a lot of capital you'll probably have to give up to get him. It's true. But it may pay off in the end because, I, like I said, I think Jeff, uh, Jefferson has a, a good situation going over there. And I don't think he's lost any trust over the offseason. Um, and Allen Robinson, again, may just be a victim of a guy who can pass the ball to more than just one person. Uh, and then, it, you know, that case, you're kind of suffering. But speaking of passing the ball to more than one person, and we talked about him earlier, one Dak Prescott has his receiver CD Lamb, and now Kenny Galladay is in new digs with a re, uh, quarterback that people are hoping can get him the ball uh, in in Daniel Jones. So between these guys, it, it's close again, which is why we're discussing them back to back. But um, Malcolm, between CD Lamb, Kenny Galladay, what are you thinking? So for me, this I think was the toughest one so far because I've got question marks about Kenny Galladay. But I think Kenny Galladay's ceiling is higher because of who else is on C.D. Lamb's team. On Dallas, Dak can keep the ball. He can throw it to Amari Cooper, who's still the wide receiver one on that team. He can throw it to C.D. Lamb. He can throw it to Michael Gallup. He can throw it to Blake Jarwin, who will be the starting tight end for that team. Now that they know Dalton Schultz, not bad. Like Maybe they'll do some 12 personnel as well. There's a lot of options there. When you tend to have a lot of options, it brings down the ceiling on your guys, regardless of talent. It's very tough when you have three viable wide receivers to make one of those wide receivers a top 12 fantasy wide receiver, regardless of how good they are. Whereas Kenny Galladay, he's not surrounded by comparable talent. Like I love Sterling Shepard. Tooney will be interesting. Tony will be interesting rather. Um, Darius Slayton, will he even see the field? Like maybe not outside of wide, uh, four wide receiver sets. Like it's going to be really interesting there. So Kenny Galladay to me is the more likely to lead his team in targets, lead his team in receptions, be the first guy that's looked at. So I'm going to take him, especially since his ADP is a little lower, but that doesn't mean I don't like CD lamb. It's just given everything I have available. I think I'm going to take Kenny Galladay and redraft. 
Well, and I, I'd go with CeeDee Lamb, but only because, again, kind of like you said, though, with, with Cooper being the wide receiver one there and Gallup, and I know that. But here's the thing. I, I think CeeDee Lamb showed enough last season uh, to make people a believer, and with, and he did most of that without Dak Prescott last season. You know, 935 yards, five touchdowns without Dak Prescott. So I think once Prescott comes back, maybe there'll be some chemistry there that can build on that season. And, and Cooper, again, Cooper's one of those guys where you pay so much for him and and it feels a lot of the weeks like you're left holding the bag because he just he'll put up huge numbers one week and then just kind of crawl back in a hole the next week at least that's what it felt like last season when I had him um you know I was I was wanting him to come through so many times and it just didn't work out for us so I think CeeDee Lamb a little more consistent uh and I think with Dak Prescott back may be the guy that I'd take over Kenny Galladay yeah for me it's not is the question CeeDee Lamb Versus Amari Cooper, it's Amari Cooper is in that equation, and so I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay, who doesn't really have anyone else in the equation. Like, am I really worried about Pro Bowler Evan Ingram? No. Am I really worried about Kadarius Tony? No. Am I really worried about Sterling Shepard? No. Like, I if I have Amari Cooper, I'm worried about C.D. Lamb. If I have C.D. Lamb, I'm worried about Amari Cooper. I guess I could theoretically be worried about Michael Gallup as well if I had either of those guys. Evan so. Ingram fans are crying all over the world. What, all one of them? <laughs> well, we know at least one of them, but yeah. Um, all right, so speaking of fans crying all over the world, when a certain draft pick does not go your way and you decide to take a receiver versus a offensive lineman, the world will let you know about it, and that's what the Bengals did. This draft, they took uh, Jamar Chase instead of uh, Pinnell Sewell, which is how everybody wanted the draft to go, but they have Chase now. So that means that if you're going to choose between a couple of uh, receivers for the Bengals, and and you may have to, uh, that is Jamar Chase and or T. Higgins, uh, who are you going to pick? And I, and I tell you, when, when you're drafting rookies, when you're taking rookies, it's always a, a crapshoot and you never know what's going on. But this may be a bigger crapshoot than it needs to be. Malcolm, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, what are we doing? I couldn't really find ADP data on Jamar Chase. I found it on T Higgins, but I'm so I'm going to go into this as if ADP's blind. One of these guys was brought in by his quarterback, the other wasn't. It's that simple. T Higgins like had some chemistry with Joe Burrow. It's not like Joe Burrow disliked the guy or anything, but T Higgins like the big thing with him was he kept his role when Joe Burrow went down, whereas Tyler Boyd was killing it with Joe Burrow. And then like things really fell off for him once Joe Burrow was gone. That's like why I think people are so big on T and so down on Boyd. And now with Joe Burrow going to be back, like he's going to be back. Jamar Chase is his boy. Like he literally petitioned the team to spend a top five draft pick on the guy. That is your wide receiver one on that roster. There is no question about it. It shouldn't even be a debate. Like really think about the logic there. You think that the guy who was not brought in by the quarterback, who did not have top five draft capital spent on him, is somehow going to be better than Jamar Chase, who had top five draft capital spent on him and is like best friends with the quarterback? No. So for me, I'm going with Jamar Chase because he's going to be guaranteed to be the wide receiver one there. If his ADP gets exorbitant, Maybe I'll look at over p- other people over him, but for now, I'm locking him in. Well, let's talk about that because now I want to know what you feel like a too high of a price for a Jamar Chase would be. Okay, let's see. So, well, T. Higgins, look at T. Higgins right now is going off at around 28th with Tyler Boyd kind of right after him at 29th. So, where in that spectrum are you feeling froggy? 
I think I'm willing to spend a fourth or fifth rounder on Jamar Chase. I don't think I'm willing to spend a third rounder on him. I think that's kind of where I'm at. So you're you're willing to go if he if he's still around in round four and you're in the middle of, of round I, four? I think in round five, I'm absolutely for okay. Calvin Ridley last year. If he falls this year where Calvin Ridley fell last year, that's where I'd want him. If he's higher than that, I'm kind of out. Terrell's already got a, a thing he's cooking on for our corrections now. He's going to let us know exactly where that that stands and where awesome. Jamar Chase is going. But for me, yeah, I think uh, the, the same thing applies with me. Although, I don't know. I may be willing to, if he's sitting there at round three and there's nobody else that I'm, I'm looking at, like if, if I'm really not impressed by anybody... I may just take a dive on him. I mean, because who knows? You're right. If he if he connects with Burrow, it, it could just be a, a game changer. You know, it could be one of those league winners. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the one thing to be concerned about there is that same, like, if you have too many really talented guys, it's tough to make one of them into a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. And since he does have three really talented wide receivers, they have Drew Sample, who they spent a second round pick on, and they've got Joe Mixon, who they seem to like. So I would just be like a little hesitant on that, even though I really like the talent. Nope. You heard it here. Rod saying, sell the farm, get Jamar Chase round one, first pick, and uh, don't look back. No, please don't do that. (laughs) If you do that, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want you to at me at all. Uh, All right. But two guys who this position always frustrates me because you know, we always say it's every year we go in and say, oh, this is such a deep position this year. And there's going to be so much uh, talent going into this position. And then we realize when we start drafting, it's not very deep. And when you're when you've missed out on one of the top two, you're really just figuring out which one you're not going to want to hate for the rest of the season. And that is the tight end position. Uh, but I'm going to give you two that people debate about all around. And uh, and we're going to hash it out. Who's going to be the first one to be taken off? And that's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. I know which side I'm on, but that's because my loyalties lie where they're all. I just want to hear, Malcolm, where you uh, land on the on the debate between the two. So I love George Kittle. I'm a Niners fan. I absolutely love George Kittle. I'm taking Travis Kelsey, and it's a really easy choice. Travis Kelsey has been tight end one, I think, the past two, if not three years in a row. Last year wasn't even close. He was multiple points per game ahead of the next closest person. Like he is a league winner potentially, which is incredible because you're getting him at a point where everyone is supposed to be good for your team. But Travis Kelsey is just head and shoulders the way he's used his talent. Like I, if I am spending a first or second round pick on a tight end, I want the sure thing. Travis Kelsey is the sure thing, at least for 2021. Now, again, would I maybe want to like back off? get a Mark Andrews or a Darren Waller, or even this year, I think a TJ Hawkinson later, possibly. But if the debates between Kelsey and Kittle, just I'm going to take the sure thing. I am positive he will be tight end one again next year. And see, this is where we we part ways. I'm a Niners fan. I love uh, George Kittle, but I'm going to stay with George Kittle. I love, look, I love Travis Kelsey too. And I love that the fact that he is the, the tight end one, but I don't think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I still don't think we've seen the best out of Kittle. And here's the thing. Maybe Garoppolo 
isn't going to be the the full year person that we think he's going to be. Uh, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, Lance steps in and does good. I'm still not hopeful on that. My and tar- and targets George Kittle more though. Like that's kind I hope of my so. thing there. Like Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good case scenario for George Kittle. If you have George Kittle, you kind of want Jimmy Garoppolo to still be under center. If they do Trey Lance, that lowers Kittle's opportunities. I guess I could see that as far as his rushing, maybe taking off rushing a bit, but yeah, I don't know. But again, rookie quarterbacks love tight ends too, because they're safety valves. So, you know, at the very least, if you have a safety valve like George Kittle and you're a rookie quarterback, what better situation can you ask for? I mean, AKA, uh, Patrick Mahomes jumping in with the Travis Kelsey, right? We saw how good that worked out. So again, if Trey Lance does find his way in and needs that little safety blanket, George Kittle is about as good as you can get. Yeah. For me with Kittle, it's a, a little bit more banged up historically than Kelsey. Kelsey has historically done it. Kittle hasn't quite hit that spot. I'm spending similar capital on him. And honestly, there's more weapons on that Niners offense. If you have Trey Lance, your quarterback's now a weapon. There are five running backs they could use at any given point. And now they have two talented wide receivers as well. Whereas like in Kansas City, it's Kittle, CH, Mahomes, a hill. That's it. Yeah, that running back situation is a whole different conversation. That's like everybody might as well just open up a sign that says uh, running backs welcome here. Please, we'll take any and all. Give us your running backs and we'll show you how to use every single one of them. Uh, all right, moving on to a couple of young guys uh, in this position. And, and one that I think uh, maybe, again, like I said, we haven't seen the best of yet. And one that we definitely haven't seen anything out of yet, professionally, that is. Uh, and we're talking about Kyle Pitts, Noah Fant. Uh, obviously, Noah Fant still in the same situation, but Kyle Pitts in a new situation for him. Between the two, I- I'm kind of tossed. If I get down this far... I'm going to hate myself for not drafting a, a tight end sooner, but um, Malcolm, what do you think of between the two? So I read Kyle Pitts's ADP being at 11.05, so fifth pick in your 11th round, and if I can get him there, I will love that. That'll be fantastic. Give that to me all day. He could end up being the second target in Atlanta if they trade Julio, which seems like it's at least 51.49 that they will. I would not bet against it happening. So then you have Calvin Ridley as your wide receiver one, and then you might have Kyle Pitts effectively as your wide receiver two. We could see Travis Kelsey-like stats coming from him. I'm a little hesitant because it's a rookie tight end. We tend not to see the breakout from the rookie tight end. Um, so if like his ADP creeps up to where Noah Fant currently is, which is I think like late sixth round, then I'm probably taking Noah Fant. But with their ADPs the way they currently are, give me Kyle Pitts all day. You know, there's a lot of speculation anyways that Pitts is going to be a guy like what we just talked about with Kittle and Kelsey and just dominating from the start. I I don't know. Do we see this? Because again, like you said, some of these rookie, and in fact, Noah Fant, we're talking about one of them right now, that, that a lot of fanfare coming into the season. And for one reason or another, was uh, he was okay. He was serviceable. He was but, still a tight end eight. Yeah. Like, let's be clear. He was still a tight end eight on a team that offensively is meh, despite being outrageously talented. Uh, that comes down to the quarterback situation, but I'm not sure they're coached that well offensively either. Pitts is going to be on Atlanta, coached by Arthur Smith, a guy who utilized tight ends 
in Tennessee. So I wouldn't worry there about the scheming. I think he will get utilized. It's more of like, you know, just rookie tight ends tend not to get it done at the same way. And so if like we think his ceiling might be somewhere around tight end 12, well, I already know Noah Fant in bad circumstances hit tight end eight. I want to see that scouting report. What this guy? Meh. <laughs> that's that's all. That, that's the only thing on the on the whole card. Uh running ability, meh. Route running ability, meh. Speed. I mean, <laughs> have we seen anything about Denver's offensive scheming that deserves anything other than their offensive coaching is meh? It's not objectively horrible. They still have talent. They still get some things done, but like there's nothing exciting about it, which is shocking given how much talent's on that roster. You, sir, just wait till Aaron Rodgers gets his butt over there. That'll change the whole sure. dynamic of the thing. Then I'll still take Dak Prescott over him. <laughs> but would you take Noah Fant over Kyle Pitts at that point? Uh, if Aaron Rodgers is on Denver, I'm going to be much more hyped on Noah Fant. Again, I'm still treating him as a top 12 borderline lock, but not necessarily like a guy who's going to creep into the top six. If Aaron Rodgers is there now, maybe he's the top six guy. All right. That's, that's tough to, tough to compete with. It's just tough to want either one of them on my roster. If I have to pay too much of a price for, I guess that's with every, every player, but you know, whatever that is, uh, that is it, man. We made it through all 10 of these scenarios. Uh, and now it is time. The, the, Precious time on the show where we get to hear exactly where we went wrong. I know that uh, Terrell's got a list a mile long of what I got wrong because I literally can't speak anything true uh, when the clock is on. So uh, Terrell, you have five minutes to add whatever you feel like you needed to add to it. And and above all, tell us exactly where we went wrong. Sir, your five minutes begins now. All right, guys. Well, to start off, Balco's last name is in fact McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a this is a fact. All right, uh, Dak Prescott was the fourth best QB from weeks one through five last year. Still QB one, but not necessarily exactly number one. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' 2020 season was actually his second best season. That 2011 MVP season was his best season ever um, by about. 14 fantasy points, still high up there. Jags wide receivers, he has four wide receiver options that Trevor Lawrence can go to. Well, he has DJ Chart, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, and Philip Dorsett. Are we? Oh, I'm thinking Colin Johnson. I expect Colin Johnson to be someone that sneaks into your waiver wire articles as the year goes on. Okay, I love it. Uh, Saquon Barkley, if he got hurt this next season, this would in fact be his third year in a row. He went down with an injury. He had that ankle injury in 2019 that took him out for some games. And if you had Saquon, like I did, he was effectively useless that entire year. Uh, I've also heard about Rod's Madden skills, and I can in fact say that Derrick Henry is better at actual football than Rod is at Madden. Uh, I could still be good at Madden then. Like, that's Derek a fact. Henry's really good at football. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> now Terrell's got it right. Okay. Allen Robinson. Oh, this was a, a nitpick. Allen Robinson was, in fact, the wide receiver nine in 2020, not the wide receiver eight. What if you do weeks was, one to 16? What if you do weeks one to 16 and weeks instead of weeks one to 17? I'm curious. Let me go through the rest. Let me go through the rest of the list and I'll pull that up while we're talking. All right. Next, Jamar Chase ADP on fantasy football calculator as of right now is 11 5. Round 11, pick five for Jamar Chase. That's an easy win. 
if I can get Jamar Chase in the 11th round, I'm taking him all day. But it's never going to happen. No. We just have to all agree here. That'll never happen by the time you're drafting in August. Absolutely not. Okay. And then Allen Robinson weeks one through 16 was actually wide receiver seven. Oh, okay. So I split the difference. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> All right, and then Travis Kelsey has, in fact, been tight in one for the past five seasons, not three to four, five seasons. That is incredible. Five seasons. Put some respect on his name. Um, Just a gee whiz information, Trey Lance, 14% of his completions at North Dakota State in that one year that he really played went to the tight end position, 14%. So that's interesting when we think about uh, George Kittle. Not bad, but not as high as you'd probably like to see it. And then finally, Noah Fant was tight in 16 his rookie year, not tight in eight. In fact, the only uh, notable rookie tight end that we've had of recent was Evan Ingram when he was tight in five in 2017. Oh, yeah. So I think I was trying to say that Noah Fant was tight in eight last year, not in his okay. rookie season. So okay. if that got miscommunicated. That's on me. Wow. Is that it? Was that it? Terrell, you, yeah, you still got it. a full. That, that was that was good. That was good, guys. I was sitting here like, dang, I'm bored. <laughs> you still got a, a full minute and a half. Stuff. No, that was that was awesome. No, look, and so you are you with still getting the the whole legs of this show, but uh, you have successfully lived out the spirit of this whole fact checker situation because that was exactly the type of, of thing that uh, that we're looking for in a fact checker. So future fact checkers of this show. Please listen to Terrell's uh, rendition of the fact check because that, my friends, is exactly how it is supposed to be. Yeah, you absolutely killed that, man. The only thing you were missing were tossing the uh, ball of paper at the camera at the end like Tony Reale. Otherwise, <laughs> spot on. Exactly. Hey, man. Hey, they, they can't see me, but I'm, I'm doing the toss now. There we go. There we go. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. We are going to wrap it up. I just want to say once again, thank you to Malcolm McMillan. See, I can get it right every once in a while. <laughs> he is the host uh, of the Say It Again for me because I said the show with no name, but that's obviously not the right show that you host. Do you want me to do the spiel? Do the, do the spiel. Do the spiel. Go for it. Hey everyone, it's your boy McLateral, aka McLateral FF on the Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at McLateral FF, or you can go to at the Lateral FF on the Twitter as well, or our website, thelateralff.com. I am the host of the Laterals Weekly Variety Hour ish, which this week we had on Rum Boys Robbie and Seth from In Between Media. It definitely crushed that hour ish mark. We went almost into two hours, which is a little long for us. We try and keep it around an hour and a half. And the show with no name is the show hosted by my illustrious colleague, Herms, where you can find him at Herms NFL on Twitter. And he does that with Jesse from the Bacon Games Network. All right. And then Terrell, why don't you let everybody know where they can start following you? Because you are going, you are an up and cover, my friend. You are going to be crushing it on the SGPN uh, site and all over the place. So tell everybody where they can find you and your great work that's upcoming. Yes, you can find me, uh, you know, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And then find me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at reallyrail underscore underscore. That's at reallyrail underscore underscore. Appreciate it. All right, Terrell, our fact checker, Malcolm McMillan, our guest. <laughs> want to thank everybody for joining us today on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I want to thank, again, the band Iconoclast for this theme music killing it Canadian style for me every time. Uh, they are, of course, the proud sponsor of 
this music that you're hearing right now. So again, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for joining. We'll be back again next week with more exciting fantasy football content here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. We've built our walls. It's our shield and caution.